At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Uh. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. Uh. It's the Beating the Book yeah. podcast. Gil Alexander. Listen, I don't know if college football is going to get played this year. No one does. None amongst us do. But yesterday, Caesars put out college football season win totals. And so, with 130 of those to stew over, we bring in Chris Felica, the Bear, from ESPN's College Game Day, the Daily Wager Show, and of course, Stanford Stephen the Bear podcast, to give us his finest picks, his value picks in terms of conference futures, and count them, six season win totals. Seven conference futures, six season win totals, and before all that, a look into the past, how the Bear became the Bear, how he get to ESPN how to become the man and better that he is. On the way right now on the Beating the Book podcast. Enjoy. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. You want those idiots who believe in analytics? It is our number two of a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Sirius XM Channel 204, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, on down the line. We appreciate it. Uh, and a special treat today. I know it's all hypothetical. We don't know if any of this is going to happen, but we got a whole bunch of uh, time on our hands, and it's fun to talk about hypothetical football. So we bring in the man that I enjoy talking about it most with from ESPN's College Game Day, of course. Uh, you know him as the Bear. You can also find him on Daily Wager and, of course, the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast with that kind of music in the background, that doomsday sound. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Chris Malika. <laughs> How you doing, Chris? I, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm just uh, passing the time and just taking it day by day, kind of like everybody else right now. And, yeah, we, uh, it's easy to put a bunch of stuff up. And uh, uh, my, uh, he, we're, we're, we're looking for content at ESPN. Uh, a lot of people, based on the uh, reaction on my uh, Twitter timeline from yesterday, are pretty starved for, for something to talk about and anticipating the hopefulness of potentially there being some 
some college football to be played either in the, uh, the fall or the winter or even the spring. So, uh, uh, put together some, uh, some of my favorite potential uh, win totals and conference. Uh, and, 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 it, and it felt good to do. It was almost like uh, a little therapeutic just because it, yeah. it, it did give a little bit of normalcy to kind of uh, play it, play it. What if hypothetically, if the season does take place uh, here, here, here are some things that, that I like and look forward to. And, and uh, it, 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 at some point sports is going to be back. And uh, when they are, we're going to be ready. I felt that way too, going through like, you know, the likes of coastal Carolina's schedule and stuff like that last <laughs> night. I'm serious. It was, it was like, Oh wow. I forgot. Like, this is fun. So much fun. I hope we can get back to this soon. Uh, before we do all that, because along the lines of what you're saying, we also don't get a chance when sports are in full steam, you know, full bore playing them every day from sport to sport. We never get a chance to just stop and sort of talk about what made the man, what made the better that you are today. What were the factors uh, that took place? And we don't have to spend a great deal of time on this because I know people are interested in your uh, your thoughts on season wins and, and on uh, conference futures. But just take us real you know, quickly. It doesn't have to be that quick, but just take your time and telling us what were the factors? How did you grow up? What was your first exposure to betting? Like, how did Chris Valica become the bear, man? It's interesting because I think like a lot of people, I shouldn't say I think like a lot of people because you don't know, but I would imagine like many people, my first, my first couple, I would say of introductions to sports gambling, obviously were through horse racing. My dad, my dad's uncle used to write for a racing publication. So we would go to the track quite a bit. So uh, that that was uh, something that I was always uh, around and natural. That that's kind of like what how you and I always joke about. Like if there's one sport left, it it, it would be horse racing. It, it, that was kind of the, my first real introduction. And then in terms of sports, uh, it was those, those silly little parlay cards that everyone's dad would bring home from work, or the the body shop, or the deli, or wherever you wind up getting them from. And, you, you, you throw together a, a, a few little team parlay on, on a couple of those cards and you, you'd watch the games and maybe at age 10 or whatever, you wouldn't fully understand what, 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 what getting 10 points or laying 10 points, but, but, but you, you got it pretty quick. So those are the first real things that introduced me into, uh, in, 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 into wagering. And then obviously as uh, you get older, you understand more and, uh, it's funny. My evolution really was more of, and, and, I, and I'll be full, fully transparent here. Like I, I can, when I started working on game day, I was always a little hesitant to bet on games when it technically wasn't legal. Um, I didn't want to put myself in a position where, oh, you're working at ESPN and you're working on a college football show and. Uh, you're betting on games. It's, it's, and, and I was always very, if I was in Vegas or it's, I had no, no issues at all. So I was always more, and there are people obviously who do, but I, I was always into it more from a numbers, an angle, a research type standpoint, looking at games, looking at teams and, and figuring out the number. And, and Fowler and I would talk about like the, the, the spread a lot because we understood that people, wanted to know this type of information. So I was always, I, I did it more for a, uh, an educational type uh, 
exercise for, for, for fans and viewers more than I did it for myself. Like, Oh, wow. Chris, Chris Malinka on the, uh, on a numbers game with, uh, with Mikhail Alexander right here on VEASAN. I'm sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, I guess I, I did it more for an entertainment, uh, an educational type standpoint for, uh, for, for, for viewers and listeners. And like, you, you look at a number and you're like, oh yeah, Virginia, and I'm saying like 1990, oh, Virginia Tech's only laying four and a half against whatever, and boy, this Michael Vick guy is going to be really good, and that's, and, and, and I can remember that year uh, doing my buddy's radio show weekly in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and I, and I probably had one of the most ridiculous runs uh, against the spread that I've ever had. And uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was crazy. And then, and then he wound up moving on to, to Columbus and, and the guy who became one of my good friends, uh, he was a listener of, of Ian's show and I had another great run and, and he actually like somehow tracked me down and sent me like a couple of bottles of Grey Goose and stuff like that for, for going well. But but yeah, it, it was more from the for, the for the viewer at first and then as it became more commonly accepted and stuff, you, you, you would you, you would figure out ways to, but you know what? People are doing it. Everyone knows we're doing it, and don't don't be so so so, so gun shy about it when you when you're not necessarily uh, in Vegas. But I, I used to like. I mean, I, I, we would go every year, and I, I'd play a bunch of futures and such. And and uh, but but it, 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 it's crazy to see how really widely accepted it is right now when it's kind of turned into. I mean, look, I, I'm at ESPN right now. We have a. Uh, a, a daily wagering show. I uh, talk about sports gambling and college game day. So that's uh, one of the better shows on our network is openly talking about and, and giving me a platform to, to talk about point spreads and games. So it's uh it's pretty darn cool. Um, I missed the detail, by the way, of you said your dad's uncle wrote for a, for a horse racing publication. That's interesting. I didn't yeah. know that about mm-hmm. your background. Yeah. So yeah. you grew yeah. up in, in, in New York. Yeah, out in Suffolk County on Long Island. Yeah, and, okay. and we, we had a quarter horse. We had a quarter horse track out about fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes from our house. Obviously, we had Belmont and and Roosevelt Raceway was there at the time as well. So uh, Aqueduct was, was there. So I mean, we, it was a very uh, horse racing centric area. Like like, like horses matter. I mean, the, the, the New York, uh, the Daily News and Newsday and uh, the the uh, the, the post would have like, I mean, they, they had dedicated racing writers uh, doing articles and write-ups uh, every day. So I would, I would always read those and look at those. And I just, I, I, I just found it fascinating. And that was really how I started really becoming interested in racing and, and, and running those columns. And then uh, looking at the forum to try and like figure out what they were talking about. And uh, I, I've always said like the, the daily racing forum, the amount of information you could find, uh, in, in that publication on one little running line, uh, just through some, uh, some numbers is pretty incredible. Talking to Chris Felica from ESPN, of course, uh, at Chris Felica, F A L L I C A on Twitter. Uh, last thing, how did you get to the university of Miami? And then how did you get to ESPN? Because I think there's a lot of people listening who would love to walk in your footsteps one day and they would love to hear how that path was for you. Yeah, I always knew that I wanted to be involved in sports. And I, I was the kid sitting at six, seven years old in like 1978, 1979, getting my, my, my baseball score sheet out, keeping track of a, uh, keeping score of a Yankees Angels game in, uh, in, in, in the middle of June. So I, I always knew that I wanted to be involved in sports. And I knew I wasn't going to be a, 
a Division One college football player, anything about baseball player, anything along those lines. So uh, I actually, in researching colleges, I looked for schools and that were a in a big media market or had really good uh, media programs, and b also that had a very good. Uh, athletic program with its teams or was in a city that had a lot of sports teams that I could potentially be involved in. So uh, I, I landed on Miami. I actually got an early admission into Miami. So I knew going into my senior year of high school that I was going to Miami and it worked out really well because I was able to get a really good scholarship. And I knew uh, going into that year that um, I was, I had a, uh, an internship lined up a student assistant role lined up in the sports information department. I actually had written a, a letter and put together some of the things that I had done in, in high school. Uh, we, had, we had a high school TV show. We had a high school newspaper. Uh, I would keep statistics for the, uh, for the basketball team and, and the baseball team after playing and such. So I, I would send them all these examples of things uh, that I had done. And they got back to me saying, um, you, absolutely, you, you, you are one of us uh, when you get here. Come see us. You will have a job lined up in the in the sports information department. Uh, There's a guy named Rich Dalrymple, who I believe is still with the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And, and when I got to Miami and met everybody else, they were telling the stories about how they were sitting there. And I got my my pack of my envelope, my resume, I guess you could say at the time of all the information. They were like, "Wow, this kid is like unbelievable!" Like like laughing at like how how like buttoned up I was and how serious I was. So, yeah, right. But, but it, wor- it worked out, it worked out because then yeah. the segue into how I got to ESPN, it was because of that. Um, I don't know how many people are familiar if it still works out this way at the time, but when the dolphins or the heat or the King, or not the Kings, but the dolphins or the heat or the Marlins or the Panthers would have home games, visiting radio, visiting TV, uh, would need local hires to do stats for a night, uh, talent stats, broadcast stats for a night. And for a college kid, that, that was great. Like they, they would reach out to, like the home teams would reach out to us because they knew we were capable of doing it and we didn't have obligations specifically working for the pro team. So here I am, a college kid making, like at the time, 50 bucks a night or 75 bucks a night. Uh, doing stats for for a game and getting to go to a game, getting press box food and meeting all these people. It was unbelievable. But one night in, uh, I guess it would have been 93, winter of 1993, I had a uh, uh, the, the duty of doing stats for WFAN for a Knicks Heat game. And Breen, Mike Breen and, and, and Clyde Frazier, we were, were obviously the, the on-air personalities and I, I remember doing the game, and, and after the game, I, and I felt I had a good game. I felt comfortable enough, and Mike Breen was awesome. Uh, and I said, hey, I'm just, uh, I, I live out in Long Island. Uh, I'm going to be going into my senior year next year. Are there any internships available at WFAN? And like without hesitation, he's like, absolutely. Call me when we get back from the road trip. I'll set you up with who you need to talk to, and, and you're good. And I'm like, all right. So did did that follow through? Got my internship at WFAN for the uh, in between my junior and senior year uh, at Miami, and then after I had graduated, I mean, and the internship was great. I mean, it was uh, the heyday of WFAN with Mike and the Mad Dog and and, and, and Len Berman and, and Imus yeah. and Breen had still done Imus, and it was awesome. And then the Jody Mack, I and Eagle, and then after graduating, 
uh, one of the producers, uh, a guy by the name of Bill Rodman, who was there at the time, um, he wound up moving up to ESPN Radio, which was just getting uh, off the ground. He had gotten wind that I had just graduated, was looking for a job. And uh, at the time, ESPN Radio was weekends only. He was like, yeah, we can't pay you much, but I know you're looking for a job. It's your foot in the door. And I was literally commuting from my parents' house on Long Island, where I was staying at the time because I still had my regular like summer job that got me through high school. Um, but uh, I, I, wanted to, I was probably losing money in the commute between gas money or ferry money and tolls uh, to go up to ESPN. But it got me in the door. It got my name known. And then that spring, during the NCAA tournament, uh, the research manager had gotten wind of, hey, radio's got some, some kid who's like dialed in on college hoops. So I got hired as like a part-time NCAA research, uh, tournament researcher. So I, I think this was like 90, this would have been 95. It, it, it would have been. And so, so I, I hired part-time then. We kind of figured out some things to do to keep me around. And then in 96, same, uh, same thing, basketball researcher. And then the college football game day uh, job had opened up and uh, I wound up getting that. And then uh, the, the rest has kind of been uh, history. So it, 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 it really worked out. Everything kind of aligned uh, perfectly for me, but at the same time, I was willing to to go out there and not necessarily take a to take a paying job uh, and, and yeah. just do what I had to do in order to be seen. And, and it's if I had to do it over again, it probably wouldn't have been much uh, that I would have changed because the experiences and the, the things I've done and the people I've met uh, to get me to where I am now has been pretty amazing. It, I appreciate you sharing that because I'm I'm sure there's more than a few people out there listening who will be inspired by that. Um, you know, you you and I we're a type, right? We're that kid that was obsessed with sports and and could see us doing nothing else but this. Um, and that's th- a great story. And and look, a lot of it is good fortune, but as the saying goes, you know, luck is where preparation uh, meets opportunity. And you were always prepared, uh, for that opportunity to come. And I, and, you know, fast forward to you going to final fours and masters and <laughs> getting inane texts all day long from me and E it's fabulous. <laughs> what a life. I should, be, I should be on, I should be on my way to Augusta right now. I should be, That's I should right. be uh, on the interstate and then headed down to Augusta right now after watching, uh, uh the national championship game courtside with Mike Allen, uh, McDonough. But here we yeah. are. I'm talking to you, and that's not too bad. And yeah, I, I, as good. I said, I'm, <laughs> I'm healthy. I have a job. I, I'm good. Whatever's going to happen, we're, we're going to get through this. And, and uh, the, the goal right now is to just uh, listen to the medical people and, and, and do your part to get us through this as quickly as we can. Totally. Well said. Um, and with that as a backdrop, again, knowing that uh, I can't in good conscience say to folks, hey, go out and bet these because – if I don't know a season's going to happen, that's sort of not my instinct. As, as I was talking with Las Vegas Chris about yesterday, it's not our instincts as better to go to as betters to go out and bet things that we don't know is going to happen. But um, I still love the process of going through these because, in the event that it does happen, uh, this is great insight to have. So, without further ado, sir, and we will be interrupted by commercials, but um, without further ado, let's get into some of these. You just wrote a piece. Uh, at ESPN.com, your what I like to call your manifesto of college football uh, season wins and conference futures. Let's begin with one. How do you want to do this? You want me to just sort of say what they are, say a few words, and then throw it to you to flesh them out? Yeah, yeah whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Well. Let's let's start with a uh, let's start with a pretty uh, what would be obvious to some and is heavy chalk. 
uh, the ACC. You've got Clemson to win the ACC. And I believe the number is like minus 600 or something like that. But it's one of these bets that minus 600 just isn't high enough for is basically <laughs> what you're saying here. Because if you look at their schedule and again, with all these and all of these people should know is there's a, I, I say this with my baseball season win totals too. There's a best case scenario for teams. There's a worst case scenario. And then there's the spectrum of everything that could happen in between, right? If everything breaks, right. If everything goes bad, I mean, look, if, if you're Clemson, what's the break? I mean, you look at their schedule. Okay. You, you lose at Notre Dame, not a conference game. Um, and then what you play the one game where you're messing around and you end up winning by a point like that's Clemson's thing, but they're winning the ACC for goodness sakes. Yeah, they, they, they are. And, and, and you, you mentioned the, the, the way the ACC schedule shakes down for them. Uh, they go to Florida state who you would assume is going to be improved with Norvell in his first year as a coach. But still, this is a team that last two years has lost 59, 10 and 45, 14 uh, to, to Clemson. And, and you go back to that loss on that Friday night uh, at Syracuse. Uh, you're looking at Clemson, who has won 22 straight ACC games by 33 points a game. Uh, only three of those games have been decided by fewer than two touchdowns. But they've got more wins by seven touchdowns, five, than they do by wins by fewer than two touchdowns. And that's bad. So it, it's been utterly dominant. Um, you, you can't even really say for sure who's going to come out of the coastal that potentially play them in the ACC championship. Game. Right. It, it, are, are you, are you sure it's going to be North Carolina? I mean, I'd want a heck of a lot better than seven to one on North Carolina to win the ACC. If they only take a chance with them and sure. It looks like Miami has their quarterback now and uh, they got a, a good defensive line and Rousseau, but they still, they have issues in the offensive line. Uh, their, their skills going to be retooled some. So I, I can't say for certainty it would be Miami getting to the ACC title game on the other side until further notice the ACC's Clemson. Again, you've got to lock up money for a long time and maybe you wait a little bit. And again, I don't know what the limits are at Caesars or, or what they're taking on the app or how you can do this. But um, I, I just, I just don't see any way around Clemson and the ACC. Yeah, no, I'm glad you you put that caveat in there too, by the way. Again, for those who missed it, the reason that we're going through these is because Caesars released 130 college football season win totals yesterday. And you're right, Chris, before we get tweets from people who, who you know, are convinced they know more than we do, we don't know what the limits are, right? So we, we don't expect it to, we don't expect it to be big, um, right. but we got right. about, but we got about 13 of these to get through. And the insight is what we're after uh, for those who do want to bet on these things. Uh, we got six more season win totals coming up, excuse me, six more uh, futures, conference futures, that is, that we're starting with, and then six season win totals uh, on the way with Chris Felica. Um, I want to, I, I, I'm tempted to get into one now, but we have to get to a commercial here in a second, so I don't want to okay. break it up. But uh, I'll tease it by saying uh, Big 12 on the way. People will like a pretty sexy uh, longest shot in the Big 12. Uh, you won't be so surprised by the Big 10 play. A absolutely not, uh, an absolutely not play, a team not to play in the Pac-12. Uh, SEC thoughts. Uh, I believe we got the MAC coming up, the Mountain West, and then again a handful. Let's count them six season win totals all over the country. Uh, Sun Belt and and Conference USA teams included. On the way with Chris Felica, uh, the Bear from ESPN's College Game Day, college football. We hope. 
We'll talk about it all hour long right here on the Numbers Game at Beeson. The Sports Betting Network. Oh, got to talk about a family feud champion of the ages on the way. <laughs> Welcome back to a Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. It is a numbers game brought to you by the BetMGM app. Chris Felica joining us for the hour to talk college football season wins and conference futures. Uh, Chris, before we uh, resume, please tell everybody how annoying all of my family feud texts were last night. You can be honest. No, not 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 enough. You had given me a quality scouting report uh, <laughs> about ten days or two weeks ago. On be, be on the lookout for Meg Lathrop, the greatest family feud player of all time. And she yes. was just a cold blooded assassin last <laughs> night. She was great. However, that, yes. that, that episode was preceded by one yes. of the great performances. Carla Daly. I, maybe I don't know what Daly is her last, but Carla from the Daly, Daly family, one ninety eight. I mean, it, it nearly got the two bills by herself and fast money, five number one answers. It was, it was an unbelievable wow. performance. And the, the, the funny thing is that her, her teammate uh, stepped up to the plate and, and got a bagel on the, uh, on the first answer. So it was kind of funny. And then obviously uh, they got in the second, but, but it, it was the best fast money performance uh, that, that I have ever seen. Well, it, it, it's, an, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing what you watch these days. Like you sit there and, and I go back and forth with a, with a, uh, actually not, not, not Al Eric, but another buddy of mine, Eric. And uh, we'll like set hypothetical lines, like after like the, uh, <laughs> minus two seventy five to get two hundred uh, plus plus four. In this is the kind of stuff where like we're like making hypothetical fun bets with because like, there's nothing else going on right now. But it, 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 it's kind of funny and just uh, almost like therapeutic to to watch some of these old episodes right now and just uh. it, it, it's mindless, it's mindless, senseless television. You can sit there and just have that one really loud belly laugh at some of the ridiculous answers that get uh, <laughs> that get thrown out there. But, but, but it, 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 that's usually usually my wife is she gets up a little earlier than, than, than I do now. Um, the re- the reason that this came up, yeah, the reason that this came up, by the way, is because uh, I was in Turks and Caicos. Uh, Chris subsequently went to Turks and Caicos. That's your spot. I went on, on your recommendation and you casually had mentioned to me, yeah, Molly and I, we spent so much time watching family feud over and over. And I go, Oh my God, that's what Deborah <laughs> song fashion stylist and I did. And I felt myself getting progressively dumber with each, with each viewing. But I said to you, as you said at the time, I go, but you know, I watched this one family, the Lathrop's and their captain Meg Lathrop. She's the greatest family feud player that I've ever seen. And last night, sure enough on game show network, the rerun of it came on. And let's just put it this way. When, when the Lathrop family got knocked out, Steve Harvey, and I quote, Steve Harvey says as he's shaking their hands, he goes, let me tell you something. Your family was an absolute pleasure. You were a great family, man. You all were great TV. You were great TV. You broke a record, baby. Basically, Meg Lathrop was just number one answers left and right. Anyway, if you can YouTube the Lathrop family on Family Feud, there's your recommendation. Uh, can we do Can we do the Big Ten? Because uh, that's obviously somewhat similar to the ACC, although not similar, because for Clemson, it's sort of a free ride. But if we could just jump over to uh, your pick of Ohio State, um, this is, what is it? Plus one fifty? Is that right? On Ohio state to win the big 10. Um, uh, what was it? You know, I think it was minus, minus one forty. 
Yeah, minus 140. Minus 140. I'm sorry. Minus right, 140. Yeah. I have that wrong. I apologize. Minus 140. But in two minutes here, uh, explain your thinking on Ohio State. I guess there's not much. To, I mean, there's look, there's at Michigan State, at Penn State midseason. That could always be a trip up. There's Michigan at the end. Harbaugh hasn't uh, solved that puzzle yet. Um, yeah, I mean, there's at Oregon early, but that doesn't really scare me. I guess it doesn't scare you either. But this is the Big Ten we're talking about for Ohio State. Minus yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say the, the Oregon game is really a non-starter in terms of the Big Ten, uh, the, the, the result there. But, but I, I can't. Michigan State, I think, is going to be really talent devoid uh, this year. They they uh, they don't have a ton at all coming back, and, and you get a coaching change. So who knows what's going to happen there? I, I think this is going to be a very long uh, first year for Mel Tucker and, and, and the Spartans. So I. I I don't know if I did it with you or if I did it with somebody else last year, but you talked about how the word concern a lot of people had about Ohio State last year was it always seemed to have that one game under Urban Meyer where they were a big favorite and they slip up and struggle. And I had thrown out there, I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's going to change this year. Sometimes a little bit of a change, a different, maybe the message wasn't getting through. Now maybe it will. And they annihilated everybody last year. So, so I, I'm not concerned about them going on the road and maybe struggling with Michigan State like maybe that would have been in the past. Uh, you get Michigan at home. They haven't been close. I cannot see the, the talent gap between them. Ohio State is slowly turning into a little bit of a Clemson uh, in the ACC. Now, look, the game at Penn State would be the one that concerns me. They lost there four years ago. Two years ago, they had a big fourth quarter comeback. So I, I think they can still lose the game. And I got to jump in here, Chris. I got to jump in here. I'm sorry to interrupt because we got to go to break. Most importantly, no Minnesota, no Wisconsin. We'll come back. Sexier picks next on a numbers game at Visa with Chris Felica. Welcome back to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. All of us missed the action. That's for sure. That's why quick picks is here to help take a side on an age old argument who was better in their prime. For example, was it Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant rather in his MVP season back in 2013, 14 or the beard, James Harden in 2017, 18, when he won the MVP. That's one example for the new Quick Picks Classic, which offers matchups of NBA stars based on their historical game stats. And with Quick Picks Classic, you can play these matchups and win money on them too. Select your first ticket for as little as 10 cents in an exclusive offer for VEASAN customers too, by the way. Try Quick Picks Classic today and get a 100% deposit bonus. Quick Picks Classic, now available to play in 28 states, including New York. For all the details, go to quickpicks.com slash bonus. That's quickpicks.com slash bonus. Chris Felica from ESPN's College Game Day, Daily Wager, and the Stanford Stephen the Bear podcast. Kind enough to uh, continue with us. Uh, if you've missed it so far, Clemson to win the ACC, minus 600, we know, but justified nonetheless. And Ohio State, minus 140 to win the Big Ten. And I mentioned uh, going to break. One of the breaks, if you will, that Ohio State gets is breaks and quotes because it's Ohio State. But it doesn't hurt that they don't have to play the likes of Wisconsin or Minnesota. That helps along the way uh, as well. Let's do some of the uh, sexier ones here. Let's get to the Big 12. Iowa State, Chris. At 10 to 1. Now, I talked earlier about how there's a good case scenario, a great, a best case, and there's a worst case. Uh, and that applies to every single team. But in some teams' cases, there's no question that that gap is pretty dramatic. And I would consider the Cyclones one of them. I mean, if I look at the best case, and I guess if you're taking a 10 to 1, you're, you're leaning this way. If I look at a best case, before they're open date in mid-August, I don't know. Maybe they... 
you know, maybe they go to Iowa and they win, and let's say they split Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Maybe they split at TCU and at Texas later, but they win all their home games. It's a two-loss season. I could also see that schedule going really bad for them and them losing half of their games too. But you clearly uh, lean towards the former. You, you could. I, I just yeah, they're, they're one of those teams I really can't shake because you, you view the upside that you see. Uh, last year, they were really young in a lot of positions, uh, a, a running back and receiver uh, on, in certain spots on defense. You got Brock Purdy back at quarterback. And you think at some point they're going to get a little positive regression uh, in some of these close games and some of these turnovers. If you go back, if you go by like last four years or so, in games decided by a field goal or less, they're four and eight. So you would think at some point they're going to get a, a, a little bit better luck. Uh, again, this is—I don't think the Big Twelve is as easy as Oklahoma and everybody else this year. In fact, I would love to see a prop bet out there. I, I, yes, no prop. Uh, will Oklahoma make the Big Twelve championship game? Because I don't think it's a lock that they do it all this year. I, I think Iowa State. I think Texas. I think Oklahoma State. Uh, certainly the, the, those teams all have, I, I think pretty good cases to potentially get there. But I, but I, I think if you look, if you look at Iowa state, um, I think this year with Purdy coming back and the experience they had last year, but they very easily could have won in Norman last year. Uh, they very easily could have won uh, against Iowa in that weird game that had the hour hours long weather delay, and they blew a game at Baylor. And this is a team that last year very easily could have been ten and two. So I think they're really really close, uh, and I think at ten to one, I think the Cyclones are worth a shot. All right, this one is not a play on. This is just a note from you: don't play USC at plus two fifty uh, to win the Pac twelve. Forget about Alabama and Notre Dame as bookends; those are hard enough. But we're talking Pac twelve here. Uh, I I'm with you. There's a lot of road games that they could trip up here on Stanford. Is I know people are like, oh Stanford, it's always going to be trouble at Stanford, at Utah, at Oregon, at UCLA. Uh, don't play USC at plus two fifty to win the Pac twelve is what you're saying. Yeah, the, the, the price just doesn't justify it because he, yeah. and then look, I know the South is not a great division, and that SC's got uh, Slovis and, and a bunch of guys coming back. But but at the same time, is it worth really taking plus two fifty on a team that you're not necessarily sure is going to get there when if they get to the Pac twelve championship game? It's probably going to be, it won't maybe be plus two fifty, but they'll probably be if they were playing Oregon, they'll probably still be a small dog. So I, I just don't think the risk reward is worth it at that at, at that short of a number. I, I still think Oregon uh, is the best team in the Pac twelve, but but I, I, again they're um, they're a short like a plus two hundred. So again, I, I don't think that the risk award there is worth it for Oregon in the Pac-12. It's interesting that one team that you and I have talked about in the past is Stanford. It's amazing to look at the, uh, the, the Caesars conference title futures. And I don't know if any of the other ones are out there, but the only two teams with shorter odds or, or I should say longer odds to win the Pac-12 at Stanford for Arizona and Colorado. I mean, wow. Have the mighty have fallen. Mm. Wow. No kidding. Uh, let's go to the SEC. You've got Georgia at plus 350 to win the SEC. I look at their uh, conference schedule. Yeah, there is at Bama. That's for sure there. 
They do avoid LSU, but they get Auburn at home. They got Florida, of course, in Jacksonville. Uh, you're all about uh, Jamie Newman and the Bulldogs. I am, and, and I'm really all about their defense. I, I think uh, this defense, uh, I, I've been told that uh, Kirby thinks that this could be uh, among or right there with the best defensive units he's had, which includes the ones he's had at Georgia and the ones he's had uh, at, at Alabama that won national championship. So I, I think we all got a little bit of a sneak peek last year in the Sugar Bowl, how good uh, this defense can be. I, I think Newman is going to be a difference maker at quarterback this year. His ability to run and throw the deep ball uh, to picking some of the other young guys they have. I think his legs will be a big factor this year because they, uh, the dogs do lose a couple of people on the offensive line. So it's like, I think a mobile quarterback uh, w- will be able to help there. And even if you mentioned the game in Alabama, if they go to Alabama and lose, all they really need to do is, is be Florida in the cocktail party and they're going to get back to the SEC championship game uh, with, with a chance to avenge that loss against Alabama or A&M or LSU or Auburn, uh, whomever uh, ultimately is on the other side. But, but if, if I were holding uh, Georgia at plus money and Alabama at plus money, I, I would feel pretty good uh, about that position. LSU would be a team that I wouldn't really be looking to play, I think, at 8-1. to one. Uh, you, you lose Joe Brady, you lose Dave Miranda, you, 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 you lose Joe Burrow, you, you, you lose Edward Tillet, you, you lose Queen and Thaddeus Martin, way too many, Justin Jefferson, you, you lose way too many guys uh, for my okay. liking to be able to repeat that title run from last year. All right, Chris, stand by. we got a lot to get to, uh, including the uh, your bets for conference champion, uh, in the Mac in the Mountain West, and then six season win totals coming back. Chris Valika on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. All right, more with my man Chris Valika at Chris Valika, F A L L I C A on Twitter. Uh, all right, last two conference futures that you like. Let's go to the Mac Ball State, uh, which you can get at eight to one. I would imagine. This will come down to forget at Michigan, at Indiana. Those are big 10 games. Those are tough enough, but in conference, I would imagine it comes down to at Buffalo at Miami and at Toledo. Those are probably where it, uh, where it turns. And this is a team that went all in three last year in games to set up a four points or less against some of the better teams, uh, in the Mac. But I, I think the see the, the, the ingredients for a breakthrough season are there. Uh, the quarterback Drew Pitt is back. Caleb Huntley, the leading runner is back. Basically, the entire offensive line and the leading wide receiver are back. Uh, the, the back seven, the linebacker and defensive uh, back units should be really, really good among the back's best. And I think this could be a year where Ball State uh, eclipses their win total and could make a run towards the back title. All right. Last conference future in the Mountain West, you like Boise State. Um, just looking at their schedule, what a what an interesting start to their schedule with two strange offenses in Georgia Southern and at Air Force. They also then have the mm-hmm. Florida State game rematch of an amazing game last year. Only Air Force counts about uh, regarding the conference among those three games. But how do you see Boise State's path here? Yeah, yeah, this is minus two twenty five, and, and I think it should be higher. The Mountain West is a, it's a league that's got to get a little bit of flux right now. You, you, between coaches that are gone from San Diego State, player like Jordan Love who's gone, Air Force is kind of retooling this year. Uh, if Boise wasn't going to be had last year with, with a freshman quarterback, a freshman back, issues at quarterback, and, and all the turnover there, 
when it was when it wasn't going to happen. So I, I think Boise is minus two twenty five, and it probably should be higher. And they get BYU at home. That certainly doesn't hurt either. All right, season wins. Uh, let's go to the the uh, Sun Belt, Coastal Carolina, four and a half. Which way are you going, over or under? I'm going. I'm going over. They were five and seven last year. Uh, they beat Kansas last year. They lost four four one score games, including a triple overtime game. Uh, leading rush with CJ Marable is back. Uh, uh, one of the better defensive players, Tyron Jackson, who had uh, double digit sacks uh, last year, is back. I mean, a, a repeat of five and seven is good enough. And I think you look at uh, games like Duquesne, South Alabama, Arkansas State, Georgia Southern, Texas State, Eastern Michigan, Kansas. All those games are potentially winnable. So I think this could be the year that the uh, the shots break through and go to a bowl. Yeah, uh, that before their open date, they have an open date October 10th. But as you said, besides uh, South Carolina, at Eastern Michigan, win a bowl. Duquesne, certainly got to win that. Kansas, win a bowl. Arkansas State, you can win that. You could have three wins, perhaps conservatively, before the open day, uh, if all goes well. All right, I like this one more than any of your season win totals. Arizona in the Pac-12, under four and a half, plus 135. I'm with you. Explain. I don't see where five wins are coming from. Uh, your defense was one of the was was one of the worst in the country last year in terms of expected points, uh, 103rd. You lose Khalil Tate. You lose JJ Taylor. Uh, you, you won four games last year, and that included beating Texas Tech and UCLA at home. You go to both Lubbock and Pasadena this year, and, and both of those teams should be better uh, than they were last year. I mean, I, I think there's a good chance they go over the road. Uh, on their Pac-12 slate, and you get USC, Oregon, and Arizona State, three of the better teams in the Pac-12 at home. So there's certainly no lock that they're going to beat the, uh, multiple wins at home over those teams. Yeah, they'll probably beat Hawaii and Portland State at home uh, to, to open the year, even though Todd Graham, former Arizona State head coach, might want to have a little something to say about that with Hawaii in the uh, in the early season game. But yeah, even if they do start 2-0, I don't know if there's three wins more on that schedule. Yeah, I mean, another otherwise put, before their open date, which is at the end of September, it's Hawaii at home, forget Portland State for a minute, but then it's Stanford and at Texas Tech. I mean, there's a scenario there where Kevin Sumlin is on the hottest of hot seats before they even get to their hardest half dozen football games. So I'm, I'm completely with you on that. Uh, let's go to Conference USA. ODU. Uh, Old Dominion, the Monarchs, how do you see them? Their number, by the way, oh, oh, oh. is three. Yeah, it's three plus 120. And of the six that I put in the call, this is probably the my least favorite. But I, but I think there's a, there are things to look at there. I mean, they were one of the worst offensive teams in the country last year. Uh, enter former Penn State offensive coordinator uh, Ricky Ronnie as their head coach. And, and as bad as things were, you, you throw five touchdown passes, your leading rusher had like 350 yards. Uh, they lost three one-score games. Uh, the defense hung in there for most of the year. Uh, and, and now with, with Ronnie coming in, I, I can't help but think that they'll improve. I mean, they were 1-11 last year. But uh, there's a chance that you talked we talked about Arizona and, and they're having a, a bunch of, or, or Coastal Carolina, a bunch of wins rather early on. Uh, you get Hampton, FIU, Middle Tennessee, UConn, and, and UTSA. Uh, by mid October, yeah. so there's certainly a chance they could win three of those games. Yeah, if if you figure Hampton, UConn, and UTSA, which are played by mid October, 
and I know UTSA, some fans are going to object to this, but if you, if, if that's your handicap, then it's a free roll from that point forward, right? At three uh, and yeah. plus money. So I get it. It's your least favorite, but I get why you would include it. Uh, talking to Chris Felica, of course, let's go to the big 10. We got three more of these Purdue. Uh, their season win total is set at, uh, at five and you like the over here at minus one Oh five. I, I like the over a lot. Uh, I, I'd be shocked if, if Jeff Brom's team didn't win six games this year. I mean, there, there weren't many teams nationally that were bit by the injury bug as, as bad as the Boilermakers were last year. You have David Bell and Rondell Moore uh, on, on your offense, and that's a pretty damn good place to start. Uh, all of the injuries and inexperience of last year, that, all the pain of last year, will they'll be better off for that uh, this year on the field. And, and I, I don't sure I don't think they will start six and zero, but it's certainly possible. And then you yeah. also have a game against Northwestern at home. Uh, Minnesota will probably regress a little bit uh, with all those one score games they had last year. You lose your offensive coordinator, and you still have Wisconsin and Iowa coming to West Lafayette. So uh, I, I would be shocked if Purdue did not win six games. Yeah, you you hit on exactly what I would have there, which is the schedule is easier early, right? And so there is a scenario where they go six and zero or five and one. And of course they avoid Michigan state. They avoid Ohio state. They avoid Penn state, none of whom uh, are on their schedule. So you could have uh, a pretty pleasant bet if Purdue gets off to a good start, or maybe it's the sweat of a lifetime down the stretch, uh, ACC, <laughs> uh, wake forest. Uh, you are not as bullish on their number. They're at seven. The under is a dog at plus one forty-five, but you don't you don't see them getting to seven, do you? No, I don't see them getting to seven, and I certainly don't see them getting to eight to lose. And, and Wake is a team that I've been high on lately. I've had them over a couple of times in the last few years, and they've cashed tickets for me. But you, you lose Jamie Newman, your quarterback. You lose your leading rusher, Kate Carney. You lose three of your top four wide receivers. Uh, you're not going to beat Clemson. You've got a game against Notre Dame that you'll probably lose. You've got road games at Florida State and Louisville. So if you lose those four games, which I think are your four toughest games, you've got to run the table to to, to them to beat you. And I don't don't see that happening. I I think push at seven is is as light is a really good possibility, but I I just don't see eight and a loss. Agree. Clemson, Notre Dame, and Charlotte. Uh, at Florida State, Miami at home, at Louisville, at NC State, at Duke. Yeah, where are you getting seven wins? I mean, even if you give them a couple of those, right, it's seven at best, it would seem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with you there. And finally, and uh, we hate to pick on this team perennially, but somehow we do. Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks, Chris, uh, they are they are set. Um, <laughs> didn't get a chance to uh, vie for a national championship in college basketball this year. Um, guess what? It's not going to happen in football either. Uh, three and a half. You've got the under. Yeah, I, I do. And look, look, they were a pleasant surprise last year and winning three games, and nearly beating Texas and Austin last year. But uh, people talking about Kansas football in a positive light and excitement with, with less miles. But now comes the hard part, uh, repeating that and building on it. And, I, and again, I just don't see uh, where, where the wings are coming from. Uh, defensively, they lose a ton, and they really weren't very productive defensively last year. You're basically starting over at quarterback. I, I think both sides of the ball on the line, you're, you're, you're kind of thin. And yeah, maybe you start three and one if you happen to beat New Hampshire, BC, and win at Coastal Carolina, who you lost at. But 
you're at Baylor, you're at Kansas State, you're at West Virginia, who you lost to last year, you're at Texas Tech, you're at Oklahoma. You're not winning any of those games. Uh, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas, and, and TCU are your home games. I mean, I think there's a, a, a chance, uh, certainly a better than a minuscule chance, that they don't win a Big 12 game. And if, if that happens, you're certainly going to uh, win your bet. And even if they win one game, there's a chance they'll go. Uh, they'll only manage two non-conference wins and, and they'll, they'll be sitting three and nine. So uh, ho- ho- hopefully uh, the, the future is brighter for, uh, I think this is like a, uh, take a step back type of year for, for Kansas and potentially take a couple of steps forward potentially next year. Yeah. Um, there've been hiccups, but certainly uh, perennially we don't, uh, we don't think great things about Kansas. If there was a prop, I don't know how much I would lay. Uh, how high I would lay to to have Kansas win exactly two games just feels like a two win season. If in fact we get this off, <laughs> let's review them, Chris. Uh, we'll put them up on the screen at vison.com and the Vison app. You said that you like Old Dominion the least of your season win totals. What do you think you like the best of those? Uh, I would say Purdue and and then uh, Arizona. The, the, yeah, those, Arizona those would be the, the two that I think. Yeah, and then as far I, as the, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. As far as the conference futures, okay. best I mean, in the least. It's, it's, it's obvious. I mean, it's got to be Clemson. I mean, if you're willing to, you're willing to tie up that money for a couple of months to, to get your return on it in, in early December, potentially, if you've got that guy, and I don't know what the limits are, but what, what, what makes it worth it to you? But it, 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 it's got to be Clemson as the, uh, as the best. And then it probably, I, I think, um, I think Georgia, I think Boise State okay. would be the one after that. Man, Georgia. Okay. All right. Chris, appreciate it. Chris Felica, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it very much. Of course, course anytime, College buddy. Game Day, Daily Wager, and of course, uh, Stanford Receiver the Bear Podcast. Thank you, sir. And thank you to Michael Lombardi. Thank you to you. Stay safe. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.